Hi and welcome to the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Muldowney aka the Glam Reaper herself. On today's episode we are talking to a fellow reaper but we are this time focusing on all things green. So let's take it away. everybody and welcome to the Glam Reaper podcast. I have another Reaper on the show today, which I'm quite excited about. Um, so we are going to hear from Elizabeth, who it, it, I guess, well, where I'm the glam, she's the green. <laughs> Even though I don't think I'm glam, I just, mine was just given to me by the media. But anyway, here we go. Without further ado, we have Elizabeth. Elizabeth, welcome to the Glam Reaper Hi. podcast. I love the names. They're fun. There's also a goal reaper in Portland, which is great. And I'm apparently not green, but given to me again by families because I'm a green burial person. I'd show up in the yard and they'd say, the green reaper is here. So I thought, well, that's kind of cute. I'll keep it, I guess. I don't have a cape that matches it. And I hope no one ever thinks it's sarcastic or I'm just trying to be sort of trite. It's just, it was given to me and I think it's really endearing. Just kind of a spinoff from the Grim Reaper, but I'm more of an effervescent, happy, green, organic one. There you go. Well, that's it. And I love that explanation because that's exactly how I feel. It was given to me and, you know, I just had to embrace it. I mean, I used to get called all things back in Ireland. And um, one I remember was dead girl. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm not dead. Oh. <laughs> you know, anyway, there's always some fun. Um, I guess it's probably because of the industry we all work in that everybody latches on to some bit of fun that, um, you know, we can, um, you know, to lighten, lighten everything and lighten the jobs that we do. So tell us, Elizabeth, A, where you're from, because um, I know it's not New York, and it's definitely not Little Ireland, and um, B, what, yeah, how did the green, so you've already touched on the fact that you're green, which we are obsessed with here at the Glam Reaper podcast, all things environmental. So yeah, give us, uh, give us a bit of a bio, what's going on? Sure. So I am a city person by uh, naturalness, I suppose. I've lived in the San Francisco area and the Portland, Oregon area and the Seattle area. And I always thought of myself as a city person. And about 20 years ago, this tiny little funeral home in Boring, Oregon was looking for an undertaker. And I thought, oh, that's great. I'd already put in uh, a decade or so putting my dues in at corporations and different places. And I really, really, really wanted to do it my own way. And I really wanted to be able to help families how I felt that families should be helped. And fortunately, this little repurposed goat barn in Boring, Oregon, falling apart, needed someone to come in. The man who worked here, he actually started this place. He lives on, we have 40 acres here and he's a Montana boy. And he said, I want to have a community funeral home out there in the middle of nowhere. So he decided to start a little funeral home and about a year mortuary board came out and said, sir, that's great, but you really need a licensed mortician to run the place. So friend of a friend knew I was pretty not happy where I was and came here. And um, within a very short time of being the person who owned and operated Cornerstone Funeral in Boring, Oregon, I got my very first phone call of somebody wanting to bury their person on private land. And that was a whole new world for me. And I thought, you know, 
I started in the funeral industry because everybody in my family pretty much passed away when I was a small child. So I thought that was why I was called to this. But after being with the family and taking care of my first natural burial, I realized, no, 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 that's really why I've been called to this work. Wow. Um, it's one thing that I have to say really strikes me, especially a lot of the guests we have. Maybe that's not maybe I don't say it's the common denominator, but um, but a lot of our guests have come from various different backgrounds um, to the funeral space um, and are making their own mark in it, um, sort of. Um, and it's usually born from upset or that they've seen or experienced in the business. Um, and so it's always really interesting to sort of dig deeper into those stories. So tell us about, um, you know, you had this person, so you'd, you'd come from the corporate funeral world, which, mm-hmm. you know, there's lovers and haters out there of it, uh, obviously. Um, and, you know, you've got this this gorgeous little funeral home, but you had an experience in, in green burial, I guess, to this date. And you get this phone call I mean, what did you do? A lot of people would probably be terrified and kind of go, uh, not for me, bye. I was super transparent with them. They phoned up. It was a family who had a loved one named Wanda, and she lived on their communal property, which had a bunch of acreage here, an intentional community in the country. And they said they wanted to keep her there when she'd pass away, and they want to bury her there. And I just felt really honest with this family and said, you know, I've always worked for funeral homes where that's something we haven't done before. I said, I love the idea. I want to help you make this happen, but I'm not quite sure. So let's work together. And they were really amenable to that. So that felt like a nice welcoming to the country to begin with that, hey, we're all in this together and we're going to see what we can do here. And then the idea that I still want to be their person, but I don't have all the answers and they still believed in me. So that was really reassuring. And why don't you know it? It's a super simple thing to be. And it's a really simple, it's a super simple thing to do. Um, I happen to live in one of the United States that says you can have private land burial. I happen to be in one of the counties in this state that says backyard burial is something you can do if you fall underneath some of the little ramifications, which really is being a rural part of the town, have at least one acre. It's really not a bunch of rules. So within the next day of figuring out what they wanted, um, we were able to have this natural burial. And how everything unfolded with this family is we met at a local pub and we were filling out the information for the death certificate just to kind of start off with some basic business. And they were telling me that Wanda was a woman of the earth and she was a philosopher and we had to come up with well what is her occupation and what is her industry because that's what the death record really needs we have to put something so they wanted to settle on she's just a wanderer and they wanted her occupation to be that and they wanted the industry to be the earth and i thought well the county's probably going to kick this back we can try but the county's probably not going to go for it and sure enough they didn't but we had a backup plan for what that would be but this family was really great they were really understanding and really amenable to the fact that what they were asking for maybe wasn't so mainstream but the fact we could do it we gathered a tribe of people together and it's really everybody in their community um, they decided that they wanted to prepare their own space They wanted to wrap her in a quilt that she had from her early days of high school that she'd made. Her sons prepared the space. 
everything really fell into place so easily. And wouldn't you know it, it was so simple just to have a backhoe and make everything happen. And getting a permit wasn't really like you're adding an extension on the deck where you have to pay all this money to the county. It was just merely part of the death certificate. So everything about it was just so moving and so beautiful. And there's just, just so many details and such a rich story. I would just definitely love to share it. I'm glad that you're open and interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's fascinating because my dad, when I sat down to do a pre-plan with my my mom and that was, we went through that process Um, and then I, I tried to sit down with my dad and my dad just kept batting me away and sort of saying, you know, I just want you to throw me in the backyard. And I'm like, I don't think that's quite legal, dad, but okay. <laughs> um, And so it is it's interesting. I mean, obviously it's going to be country to country. It's going to have different rules and regulations and stuff, but do you know offhand how many States in the U S permit? So there's um, about 35 that will allow some part of burial. Now it's very strict where even though a state says, yes, we have some rules on the book that are open. It really depends on where you are. Interestingly enough, I'm on the West coast and right above me is Washington and right below me is California, which you would think are very liberal states. Our cremation rate is really high. Our natural burial rate, our aqua cremation rate is high. We have a real interest in the natural organic reduction, but those two states say no private land burial. Um, the state above me in Washington, there's a little bit of wiggle room if you happen to open your happen to own your own island. And that's not so ostentatious seeing there's lots of little islands around there. But just in general, they've made it pretty difficult for the average person who wants to do that. So I just tell people, always be legal, always be ethical and check in and see if your local funeral home doesn't know, pick up the phone and call another funeral home. And it's not always just the private funeral homes who know these things. A lot of corporations and people who work there want to help families do what they want to do. It just depends on, are they educated in it? Have they done their own reading? Is there any training? And um, there is a funeral director for you, some town you're in that will have the right answers. So just make the calls, ask the questions. The internet is a great resource. Green Burial Council yeah. is there. The National Home Funeral Alliance is there. And there's a lot of great links that hopefully we can put in the show notes so people can take a look yeah. and see what they can do for themselves. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's like it's not that it's something I haven't thought about um, in the 15 years I've been doing this, but like, I guess I hadn't I kind of had dismissed it that it was possible um, because it does. It just seems so out there um you know because i guess you, you hear of like murderers and serial killers burying in the backyard and stuff like that so i guess it just brings ideas into your head um and so it's amazing to know that it's actually a very natural very eco-friendly b you're not you know i i, I don't want to say but you're not paying into the corporations and the cemeteries and all of that sort of stuff and not that there's anything wrong with them but if that's not what you want to do in your last rituals, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it, there's something kind of beautiful about it. I mean, you know, if my dad could be buried in our backyard, um, I mean, I think I'm getting him cremated anyway. But um, you know, I th like it's it, it's interesting. Yeah, I never would have. Now, one of the biggest problems, I guess, I would foresee, and I guess, you know. I, again, I like to voice the Joe public on the street is what if you move house? Well, 
health, then you need to disclose that when you move. I tell families when they're looking to do this, let's walk the property together. Let's figure out what's the best place because you might have 20, 30, 40 acres. But what if the area you're going to is going to be hard to dig? The soil is going to be too soft. Things are going to collapse once you dig them. You're going to be too close to a waterway, to electric, to the neighbor's outbuilding, all those things. So finding the specific mm -hmm. place and then actually maybe drawing a map of the property and putting a little indicator where that is, maybe filing that with the deed or the title company just so in case something happens where there's a natural disaster, uh, everybody in the house passes, whatever it is that the person with the keeper of the information sort of forgets what blackberry bush grandma is buried under. It's important to have the records of these things and disclose it. Now, I know Poltergeist was a huge movie back in the day, and that was one where people really were creeped out, for a lack of a better term, of the idea of living next to a cemetery, having somebody buried possibly under that concrete where your swimming pool is, and it was sort of a thing. Well, I think the vibe, I think the vibration, I think all of that has changed greatly where people are more accepting to that idea. There's more conversations about death, about dying, about grief. All of this is coming up. We're changing things even in the funeral industry where we have the end of life doula and we have the home funeral yep. guide and we're starting to have much more conversation, public libraries, death cafes, and people are getting that it's not just serial killers that bury somebody in their yard or in the woods. We want to be ethical. It's not kicking dad in a hole in the yard. We're yep. gently laying somebody into the embrace of the yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very cool. Um, I mean, it would definitely be something I would be interested in, uh, for sure. I think it's, it, there's something really personal and beautiful about it. Um, it's just, yeah, I guess it's, it's not something I, again, it's, it's because of the media. It's because of, it's, it's sort of like when I started questioning things way back when I started, um, like embalming, it's like, you know, certain traditions are done just automatically. And so therefore the public just assume, oh, well, if that's always what's been done, then that must be the way to do it. And that's where I think educating the public on topics like this is, is huge and paramount. And as you said, opening that conversation and, just letting people know what their options are if they are interested in something like that um and as you said like you know not every state not every loc location is going to allow for it but if it is something that somebody wants then i do think it is up to a, a funeral director i think it's part of their responsibility to look into that um so you know well done you for doing it now was that the start of your green journey or and and how has it progressed since i guess so that was really the start. So the day was just so lovely. They lived in this huge makeshift sort of teepee tent type um, place. And everything was just what you would think about with the wonderful, oh, the quilting and the batik and the pillows. And it was just really... I didn't know what that was. I'd never been to something necessarily. I don't know if it was more of a, a gypsy feeling or just sort of a natural feeling, just something very communal about it was really lovely. People were kind and there was a lot of, everybody wanted to take part in it. Nobody was scared. Everybody was welcome, opening. We were definitely all together and we were talking about things such as where she was resting and was she resting properly and um, 
they had some ice I instructed them because I did some reading at that point, wasn't quite sure, but I knew some form of ice would be okay. Dried ice has off gassing. So they had some basic ice that they could have in the fridge and the plastic packs. Um, we live in the middle of nowhere. So the idea of getting the cooling blanket or getting some of that stuff wasn't really, you know, we just going to go to the local, you know, store and get what's there. And we strategically moved some things around and it was a learning process. And how do we make her mouth closed and how do we keep her eyes closed? And again, things we're trying to figure out is you, when you first time you do it, you, it's a, it, you have to be gentle on yourself. You're learning these things as you go. What happens if somebody has a little bit of a bowel movement like she did? What happens? And everybody sort of turned to me because again, the who they look at is sort of the funeral professional in the room, but they also were caretaking her. And people just organically, generally were able to get a sponge and get it wet and kind of stroke and bathe and perfume and get some oils. And there was some Nog Champa incense in the air. Somebody picked up a guitar and strummed it. Somebody decided to um, be able to put somebody on speakerphone, some relatives from back East who could actually talk, even though she wasn't coherent at the very end, but they could at least talk to her. They could visualize, see her. Her sons were able to come in little by little from wherever they lived in the country and prepare the space. And it was so hands-on and it was so beautiful like that. Somebody cooks because people are going to come and everybody falls into place of what they need to do. It's really interesting. Um, I just put a post on Instagram the other day of being at a family's house. And it was really the same sort of idea. People instinctually know, oh, I guess I should clean the toilets because people are going to come by, or maybe I should move the cars outside so guests have a place to park, or, you know, maybe uh, we should, let's, you know, make this person so their modesty is intact. And uh, maybe somebody needs to, you know, get some music started. So it's sort of like this little organic party that comes together. So after the burial, we all stood out there and we all held hands around her little grave space. And we just, there was some chanting and some song singing and people talking about her kindness and her love. And it was so real to me. And I hadn't been part of that sort of a ceremony before. I'd always been to a cemetery where there's a lowering device, there's a casket, the priest or whomever might say a word or two, the casket's lower, people walk away from the grave. People didn't really put the soil back in the space or didn't linger because the cemetery needed to bury somebody else. Um, it wasn't really what you did. You went to the next hall or wherever that you're going to have your meal. And these people had their meal while we were doing things. It was just so much more it just felt right. It just felt great. There was something very hands-on. It's what I always felt was missing. And as a small child thinking, oh, I want to, at 13, I knew I wanted to work in a funeral home, but I didn't know what that looked like because you're 13. But I always thought they'd be helping people through their grief. And when I worked at funeral homes, it was always upselling people on merchandise. It was having sales meetings and it was doing these things where I thought, mm -hmm. did I have a really naive dream of what I thought being in the funeral world would be? Is this what this is? I really thought that I would be there and be kind and just give. So this day allowed me to do those things that I always, I could just help wherever. And if it was me, you know, helping and stirring the chili or it was doing whatever, I could do it. And it just felt lovely. So as I drove home, I thought, yeah, this is it. Now, in a very short period of time, I started getting the phone calls from people saying, are you that person that buries people in their yards? And are you that green funeral person? 
And I guess I said, yes, I guess I am. And I, yes. Yeah, so, so I learned all I could. I read everything I could, studied everything I could. There was some information, some interviews. I mean, this isn't a new concept. Green burial is not a trend. This has been around 150 years now. People have had home burials. All of this happened before the funeral industry took off. So there was a lot of information about caring for the deceased and being able to do things. So I really wanted to follow the rules and get everything correct. I am also about a half an hour from the state of Washington. So I thought it was really important to know everything I could about Oregon and Washington's rules. And that's what I behoove people, anybody in the funeral industry listening to this, know your state's rules. Can families act as their own funeral director? New York, where you are, no. Oregon, where I am, you betcha. Somebody can transport their person. They can get the death certificate signed. They can provide cooling for their person. They can drive their person to the crematory or to the cemetery. They can do whatever they'd like. And so it's good to be able to know and to guide and have these things. So that's how my green life started. My home funeral life started that way. And my green funeral life started that way and allowing people to come and stay the night in my funeral home when they're visiting people or having bathings here and dressings. It just opened the door wide because I realized this is what the community wants and I'm going to give them what they want. Wow, that's amazing. That's very powerful um, words there. Like, it, it, you're so right. It's um, it's the industry has lost itself a little bit. Uh, I get I get poo pooed for using the word industry, and I'm like, well, mm. <laughs> um, you know, it's really it is an industry. I mean, you can say yeah. death care or end of life care, but it is an industry. And my time in the funeral industry being the corporate industry, I'm so thankful I had those years. I'm so thankful I learned the things I did. I also worked for the Catholic church for a long time at the cemeteries. So thankful because I could incorporate that into what I do now and know that this is the path for me and have that understanding of it, but also appreciate the time I was there. Yeah. Now for, um, do, do you, just do focus on green now or do you are you still working in that funeral home and and do a bit of everything um but your sort of your online media um persona is green um and you do it when you can um or is it just green i'm full service baby i am a licensed mortician and whatever you need i don't embalm people embalming was never my interest even when i started 32 years ago that was not what i wanted to do and i knew that and so i didn't follow that path but at my funeral home i allow families anything they want i provide them with all the choices and they choose whatever they want and if they do want embalming i have somebody who i can get them to to take care of that for them If they do want a metal casket, they want whatever they need. Again, it's not about me. It's not about my agenda. It's about the family and what they want. So we have these things. I have a full price list that has everything from burial at sea to standard cremation to the the natural burial to anything. So I'm known for taking care of families a natural way. I'd say a lot of families come to me that want the aqua cremation, want the natural organic reduction, want the green burial. So I'm really proud to say I'm not necessarily a green internet funeral director where I'm not just showing pictures and educating. I'm actually doing it on a day-to-day basis, but I also have plenty of families that want a standard flame cremation. I'm on the West Coast and we're at 80% cremation rate. And a lot of those families come to me and that's fantastic. And I cheer them on and take care of what they need. I always love to introduce the idea of shades of green. 
like maybe what they're going to do with the ashes after the fact. And, and I don't mean uh, become a tree because as we're learning, that's not necessarily a reality, but better ways to possibly, if they want to put them in a garden or they want to scatter them, give them some better options for the environment of what to do with that. I've made a bunch of urns out of dryer lint that I've been able to give families and just encouraging them to recycle something that they, that they have in their home to go ahead and put the ashes in or different ways to have a ceremony. And just if they want a direct cremation, it doesn't mean they can't come to the funeral home and bathe their person or visit their person or more importantly, keep their person in the nursing home, at the family home, have your visitation there, have the ceremony, have all those things, and then call me when it's ready for me to come get them and bring them into our care for either the cooling or the cremation process. Happy to do that. So letting families know, even though this is your form of disposition, there's plenty of ways to celebrate that life. And other things we can do to be green, recycled paper for memorial folders. How about the idea of not everybody driving their own car? <laughs> Let's all carpool. So we're, we're figuring it out. Oregon is pretty hip and cool when it comes to really reusing, repurposing and all that. So it really, um, I don't have to beat anybody over the head with what I'm trying to tell them. Um, I get a real good feeling, you know, being around death and dying for 32 years, you get a good feeling when the family comes in, what would make them happy and what they'd want. People have a general idea, guide them. Some people don't know, and I can give them all the options. And so families that have no idea what the heck they want, and I'll say, well, did you know, these are some things we can do in the state of Oregon. And I list out all the forms of disposition. And they say, wait, 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 go back to that composting thing. What was that water cremation? And we have conversations and more times than not, the family says, that sounds kind of good. I think I'll do that. I didn't know about that. Hmm. It's education. And really what it is, my darling, love. We are all in this because we love people and it's just spreading the love. Yeah. Well, I think that is an absolutely wonderful way to end. Um, and thank you for that that last piece that you just said there the, there's some top tips in there for people whether it's you know you have the remains and you want to memorialize as you said the shades of green I love that <laughs> that's a great line and um, because it really is it's it doesn't have to be doing everything in totality as we all know even you know recycling ourselves in our homes it can be just small little steps that'll help to every little bit helps um and so i love that idea and it does it really is all about love and it's about meeting the families where they're at in that time and rather than putting your agenda and your ego and your you know must hit sales on somebody it's really about listening to them and hearing what they have to say um so that's brilliant thank you so much um for coming on the show sharing your story and equally educating us on the shades of green the 50 shades of green that we've got i love this um i really do it's amazing um so thank you so much elizabeth thank for you for your interest Well, there is another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm wondering, are you going to green your funeral or memorial in some teeny tiny way? Um, let us know in the comments or send us an email at glamreaperpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you again soon.